Good morning to Radha Kalachanji Dam. Good morning to all of the assembled devotees, those that are seen and unseen. This is, what is it, is it May 20th already? Yeah, May, okay, yeah, May 20th, Monday, 2019. And as usual, as usual, time is going by so quickly, it's hard to keep track. The um, canto that we're covering today is the 12th canto, chapter 11, oh no, chapter 10, text 5. But before we go into the uh, nectar of the scriptures, we'd like to set the mood as best as we possibly can set the mood by singing Jaya Radha Madhava. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jayaradamarhava Kunjabihari Jaya Gopi Janavalaba Kirivaradari Jaya Gopi Janavalaba Kirivaradari Yashoda Nandana Braja Chararanjanan Yashoda Nandana Braja Chararanjanan Yamunatira Vanachari Yamunatira Vanachari Jayarada Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Gopi Janavalaba Kirivaradari Jaya Gopi Janavalaba 
गिरधर जारी यशोरंदन ब्रज चरंजन यशोरंदन ब्रज चरंजन यमुनतीरावनचारी यमुनतीरावनचारी हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे जय राधा कलचंजी राधा कलचंजी रे जय राधा कलचंजी राधा कलचंजी रे जय जय जगन्नाथ 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 जय जय जगन्नाथ जय जय बलदेव 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 जय जय बलदेव जय जय सुभद्रा 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 जय जय सुभद्रा जय गोनीथाय 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 जय जय गोनीथाय मीठाई गोरो हरिबोल 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 मीठाई गोरो हरिबोल
Jai Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Jai Shishi Radhakala Chanji Dam Ki Jai I put all that pressure on you to sing. <laughs> you are visiting the t- temple for how long? Oh, until Thursday? What is your name, Prabhu? Chatney? Chatney. Am I pronouncing it right? Thank you for coming to the morning program. Ah, very nice. Hopefully you'll come back again. It is very special to be able to have darshan with the Lord so early in the morning. And this is still early in the morning for some devotees. Um, There's so many of uh, the members of the community that work, so we know that their hearts are here, their ears are here, they're hearing it uh, by phone or on the radio, and um, I think Internet too. But it gives you a special time to have ultimate darshan of the Lord, just you and the Lord. So I always like these moments. And when there are many people and it's like, wait a minute, where's my private moment with the Lord? But it's all good. Um, So again, we're covering Canto 12, chapter 10, uh, chapter, hmm, chapter 11. What do we have on the board? We're just uh, having a moment with Krishna just to make sure that we're definitely on the right track and the right page. So in actuality, because I know we did this before, um, we did uh, chapter 10, uh, Lord Shiva and Uma, glorify Markandeya, and that's chapter 10. Um, just a moment, just enjoy the transcendental air. Yeah, we've actually got um, Canto 12, chapter 11, text 5. So that I do not throw anyone off track, Yes, that's exactly what it is. Achucha Govinda and his wife, his good wife, know exactly what they're putting up there. Um, it's it's actually chapter 11, uh, text 12. But anyway, isn't it so boring when everything is so clear? It's like, ah, uh-huh, but when there's a little bit of a difference, it kind of adds excitement to the moment. Just something out of the ordinary. But... The summary description of the Mahapurusha. Uh, and I was talking with someone yesterday because 
There are parts of the scripture that are somewhat easy to digest, and there are other parts that are, um, actually they have quite a bit of depth, but I guess to the ordinary person, they actually have a considerable amount of depth. And Canto 11 and 12 are um, quite heavy. So I was listening to um, one of our God family members reading it, and everyone has their own level of understanding. So I, I must applaud uh, Naratom because he just went right through it, and I'm going, where, where is he? What, what's he talking about? Everyone has a different understanding, it, but to take it a little bit further as far as understanding, and then I'll get back to the text. As far as understanding, and we're talking about not only what is written, but the Lord is not even understood by the demigods. So who are we to think that we know everything, which is why I'm in my comfort zone when I'm up here, because it's a learning experience, and I'm totally comfortable with it, and Obviously, Radha Kalachanji is too because I keep getting the opportunity to do it over and over again. But um, the interesting part of chapter 11, the beginning, and I just wanted to read it briefly because there was a point I wanted to um, make a comparison of, was that it was, it said, in the context of worship, this chapter describes the Mahapurusha, and the various expansions of the sun in each month. Now hold that thought and we'll get to the uh, text and then I'll explain to you the comparison that came to me. Okay, text five. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya. Now text 5, chapter 11, canto 12. Mayadhyanavabhistadvai virat nirmito drishate yatra Sajit ke buvana triam. Maya dea navabis tadvai. Sadvikaro maya virat. Niamito drishate yatra. Sajit ke buvana triam. Maya dea navabis tadva. Sadvikara mayo virat. Niamito drishate yatra. Sachitke Bhuvanatrayam. Would either one of you like to repeat that? Mayatya Navabis Tadvam. Tadvaya? What did I say? Okay. Tadvayam. Tadvaya. Yes. Sadikaro Mayo Virat 
Nyamitodrishateyatra Sachike Bhavana Trayam If you feel comfortable. Maya did Navabhistate Sadhikaro Mayo Virat Nyunito Drishate Yatra Sachike Bhavanatrayam Now word for word Maya Adya Beginning with the Unmanifest stage of nature. Navadi. With the nine. The tatvaya. Elements. Sa. That. Vikara maya. Also comprising the transformations. Of the eleven senses and the five gross elements. Virat, the universal form of the Lord. Nirmita, constructed. Drishate, are seen. Yatra, in which. Sachitke, being conscious. Bhuvanatrayam, the three planetary systems. Now the translation here is the universal form, Virat, of the personality of Godhead includes the nine basic elements of creation, starting with the unmanifest nature, and their subsequent transformations. Once this universal form is instilled with consciousness, the three planetary systems become visible within it. Again, the universal form or virat, uh, the universal form or virat, of the personality of Godhead includes the nine basic elements of creation. Starting with the unmanifest nature and their subsequent transformations, once this universal form is instilled with consciousness, The three planetary systems become visible within it. The nine, uh, the purport here is the nine basic elements of creation are Prakriti, Sutra, Mahatattva, False Ego, and the five subtle perceptions. The transformations are the eleven senses and the five gross Material elements. Uh, initially, uh, when I was reading, I thought about 
the Son and the Lord. Big difference. But the thing is, with the sun, we can see the sun rays. We can feel it. But in actuality, with our material eyes, we cannot see the sun God, and the sun God is present. Now, the it is said that the demigods can see because they are not just they are not um, clouded, or their vision is not so much clouded by the glare of the sun as as it is with our eyes. And the same, in a similar manner, goes for the supreme personality of Godhead. We cannot see Him with our material eyes. But when we are in such a condition, and we are when we are seriously taking to the mode of bhakti or devotional service, when we are having pure love of God, the Lord gives us a special vision to see Him. Now, it is mentioned in the scriptures that. As Arjun and Lord Krishna are on the battlefield, almost everything within Arjun is saying, I do not want to fight. It's my family. I'm very close to them. You want me to kill them? Cannot do. And the Lord is uh, assuring Arjun that what he has been tasked to do is the proper thing to do. So um, the conversation is going on, and at a point, Arjun asked the Lord to see his universal form, and it is to be understood that when Arjun asked to see the Lord's universal form, it wasn't because Arjun needed to see it. It was to confirm and assure other people that he was going to uh, relate to this experience with, he could describe to the best of his ability what he had seen. It was for the non-believers. It wasn't for Arjun. Arjun understood it completely. And then I thought, um, you know, Mother Yashoda also had an experience with baby Krishna, or with Lord Krishna, when some of the uh, Lord's childhood friends thought the Lord was, Lord had dirt in his mouth, Mother Yashoda calls the Lord to him, and he opens his mouth, and she sees also the universal form. Now, um, near time to my knowledge, I mean, besides those that were present, the demigods that saw the universal form when he showed it to Arjun. And of course, when Mother Yashoda saw it in his mouth, I don't remember any other times that the Lord revealed his universal form to anyone, uh, unless you can remember. Mm-hmm. 
really. Mm. amazing. Absolutely. Very good point. Um, even I, I did not recall that as far as him showing it um, to the uh, in the Mahabharata. Um, um, but then he only showed a portion of it. But I mean, I guess even if any of us in the room saw a portion of it, uh, it, just a moment. We have to get things done too, just as the ordinary person does so. A lawnmower is going with such force. But to see it, and I guess being devotees, that would be enough to maybe open our eyes up to the realization that the Lord is supreme. And in actuality, even the universal form, and in seeing it, we cannot see, even when the Lord gives us the eyes to see it, there is so much more to the Lord. And one of the main points is that it is to help one understand that the Lord encompasses everything. The Lord's body is beyond the universal form. The Lord has a transcendental form, the spiritual form. It is different from the spiritual forms of the jivas in, this, uh, in the uh, Krishna Loka, in the spiritual world. In those forms... The jiva's actual form is that you, you can't say that the soul is there and the body of the jiva is separate. It's all one. But with the Lord, his transcendental form is different from any other form. It cannot be fully revealed to anyone. It can't be completely understood. But this was for the benefit of his devotee. And the Lord shows his form, even in the, um, the Artavigraha, on the altar. It is for our benefit. It is not a material manifestation. It is not a material form. And unfortunately, for those that do see it as a material form, there is so much more loss because the Lord has been endowed with the spirituality, with the transcendental nature and you can only experience that, as Nira Tom said, when you have pure love of God. You can have some of the most unusual and unique and special associations with the Lord's form on your altars at home. And when you're here taking darshan of the deities, you can have a personal connection that you can't Feel with your material hands, but with the spirit, you can sense the connection that you have with the Lord. Now, not everyone is so fortunate to do that, but the Lord reveals himself in so many different forms according to what his devotees desire, 
Now, I'm not going to say that any form is the Lord. You can't say, what is that old saying? You can't, for example, say that a mailbox can be the Lord because that's not how the Lord delivers himself. Um, so any particular form cannot be the Lord. The point is the Lord has unlimited manifestations. The universal form is seen only a few times, and it is one of the reasons is it's for the non-believers or it's to encourage others of the supremacy of the Lord. I was um, also going, there's so much written about the universal form, but it is to be understood that that's one of many forms. We would think that's everything, but it isn't. In chapter 11 of the Bhagavad Gita, it goes into detail and reading up on it because it's important to understand the literature. I think I must have fallen asleep last night just reading about the many descriptions and forms of the Lord. And what I wanted to do was just to give a repeat of some of the um, comments that were made in chapter 11 of Bhagavad Gita. And to say how special it is that we are even able to experience the Lord in the form on the altar. We don't realize how much of a gift the Lord has given us. And this is because he loves us so much. Like a parent, he gives us what we want. And of course, those that are in the process of understanding God consciousness or Krishna consciousness... You want to see the Lord. In other religions, the descriptions, and it's not to say that these particular religions are blamed for it. That's as much as they're given. But they're very vague descriptions of the Lord. Um, the Mayavadis, uh, and I don't want to stress that so much, but they believe that the Lord doesn't have legs or arms or a body or whatever. So, when they see the universal form, they think, oh, yep, that's it. But they're not really seeing it. They're not really seeing it for what it is. So um, sometimes people fall into the category of believing that if that's it, then the, there's nothing, that the Lord doesn't have a, a legs, a, a head, or an arm, but or eyes. How can the Lord not have eyes? That means that he's blind, that he's deaf, that he, he can't move. There's so much more to be understood by the universal form, which is why when one is reading about it, it is very important to have a senior um, member or someone explain it to you, or if you have the time, to read through and get a better understanding of the depth of it. But, Neerotam, was there something you wanted to say? Hmm. <laughs> Let's see. Into, uh, oh, yes. And as very appropriately titled, chapter 11, Bhagavad Gita, is the universal form. Ah. Okay, here we are. This is uh, chapter 11, text 3. O greatest of all personalities, O supreme form, though I see you here before me in your actual position, as you have described yourself, I wish to see 
how you have entered into this cosmic manifestation. This is our June, having the conversation with the Lord uh, at the battle or before the battle of Kurusetra. And it says, if you think that I am able to behold it, your cosmic form, O my Lord, O Master of mystic power, then kindly show me that unlimited universal form. And it's also understood that the demons, when they saw this form, it actually served a purpose because they understood that it was something more powerful and greater than them. So it was frightening to them, but not to Arjun. Uh, the Supreme Personality of God had said, My dear Arjun, O son of Prita, see how my opulences, hundreds of thousands of varied, divine, and multicolored forms. And he displays them, and he tells them of the different manifestations. And it goes on. The fact is that the devotee is not the actual sincere devotee is not concerned with seeing the universal form of what's described as the Viswa, Viswarupa form. And to reemphasize it, but Arjun wanted to see it to substantiate Krishna's statements so that in the future people could understand that Krishna not only theoretically or philosophically presented himself as the Supreme, but actually presented himself as such to Arjun. Arjun must confirm this because Arjun is the beginning of the Parampara system. Some of the things that Arjun saw in the universal form was unlimited mouths, unlimited eyes, wonderful visions. The form was decorated with many celestial ornaments and bore many divine upraised weapons. He wore celestial garlands and garments and many divine scents were smeared over his body. All was wondrous, brilliant, unlimited, and all-expanding. If hundreds of thousands of suns were to rise at once into the sky, their radiance might resemble the effulgence of the supreme person in that universal form. And it goes on in, in more depth, and it's really interesting and it is necessary to read the scriptures over again, especially when you're covering them. There's so much depth um, in the Vedic scriptures on particular subjects, but definitely a chapter has been devoted to the universal form. The devotee does not require to see the universal form. There is a transcendental nature of the Lord that is shared with the devotee through the Lord when one is sincerely serving in devotional service. And to describe that feeling would be difficult unless you've actually had an opportunity to have a very sincere darshan 
with the Lord. And in order to start to believe and to know that what you're actually being read and told is true, the practices that are required of a devotee are the groundwork of setting a foundation of faith. The foundation and the practices, standard, scientific practice, chant. Even if you don't feel it completely, chant anyway. Because in that mood, you are going through a cleansing process. You are cleansing the contamination of the material world, which we are contaminated with the minute we take these bodies. Uh, the soul take these bodies in the material form, uh, in the material world. Reading is necessary. It is very important to have some type of association with a learned devotee. Uh, what's generally requested is to have the um, um, have darshan, have audience with the guru, someone who can go into further depth of the scriptures. And uh, sometimes we, and I guess use is not such a nice word, but sometimes we take advantage of the devotees uh, that are learned, uh, that have not necessarily taken the guru status. And Naratam is one of them. Very unassuming, very unassuming. And I'm not doing that to get bonus points with Naratam. I don't have to. He's just Naratam. But it's important to know who to go to to get the understanding of the scriptures. And besides Naratam, there are other devotees here uh, that are quite learned. But it is important to also have proper association. It's like a seed that's been planted in the field. And unless you are around the proper, the other seeds that are going in the same direction, the chances of you evolving into the person or the devotee that you're meant to be, the chances are slim to none. It, it won't happen, which is why there is a process. Just chanting the Maha Mantra will give you the association of the Lord, and it can go far beyond even the vision of seeing the universal form. We don't need to. We know there's so much more. And right now in these present states of mind, in these present moments and bodies that we're in, there is only so much we're going to be able to understand. What is important to understand is that we are part and parcel of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. There is only one God. There is only one Supreme Lord. He has unlimited names. He has many unlimited forms. And that's pretty much what you need to understand if you know nothing else, go on the fact and go on faith that pure devotees have had the experiences of knowing that the Lord is the Supreme Personality. And go on that faith until you can develop your own. But the other saying is that when you're actually really ready to know the Lord, the Lord will 
give you steps. The Lord will help you process ways to understand him. You may see him in this material body with spiritual eyes. You may. It's not a guarantee. But the point is to know that your relationship here in the material world is not your real relationship. In the spiritual world, it is much more transcendental. It is much more blissful. It is eternal, and you have the knowledge that you need to have. The Lord will give it to you. But the process of chanting is to get us in a mood or in a position to understand that we're far greater than we think we are, that we are part of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Um, Let's see, so how's my time? I don't have glasses, so... Oh, yeah, I've gone beyond. But um, we're going to end at this point. Uh, Did you have any questions? Or, Nera, Tom, did you want to bring something up? Because if you don't, I'm going to be real disappointed. Okay, I don't know if we can hear you. Where's our mic? Doesn't matter. I still need to hear you. Uh, the spiritual hallucination, that's a good one, Naritam. I've never heard of a spiritual hallucination. Thank you, Prabhu. That's a very good question because that's the first time I've heard of spiritual hallucinations. But when you're talking about hallucinations, I'm thinking of someone feeling something or thinking they're feeling something that doesn't really exist. Because when you say hallucinate, that means that it doesn't, it's like a a figment um, of one's imagination. It isn't real. But when you say spiritual, what was it, realization? Spiritual realization is something that you can feel, you intuitively can feel, and you know that it actually exists. Now, I'm going, uh, I'm going out on a rope here because I'm trying to explain a simple, and it's not a simple relationship, but what it feels like to have a spiritual realization. First of all, the one thing that comes to mind, interesting, is that for example, if I were having a spiritual realization or if I have had the opportunity of hearing from someone that's had a spiritual realization, first of all, it's a very blissful, very blissful experience. And it's one that stays with that individual no matter what over time that individual can go back and recall that experience. Now, going a little bit further with the hallucination, and I'm just using my my own personal experience. With the hallucination, it's like you have to keep putting something in to get something out of it. And usually with a hallucination, it's involving something chemical. Now, maybe that's not what you're talking about, but with a chemical hallucination... You have to have more of that chemical to actually feel it. And you don't really get the genuine feeling of 
the realization except when it's pure. And it's pure through the transcendental realization because that stays with you and that stays as exciting as it was the first time you felt it and it gets better and better. Now, that's me going on, uh, just, just using myself as a personal experience. What is your, uh, what is your, your feeling or thinking of it? Because I'm sure you have it, otherwise you wouldn't have asked me. I admit, you know, actually, I had never heard of a spiritual, of a, uh, hallucination. I've never heard of a spiritual hallucination, unless maybe I was traveling with the wrong crowd. No. I was traveling with the right crowd. That's why I didn't hear it. <laughs> but when you say spiritual hallucination, I'm thinking hallucination is not something that's actually existing, something that's not real. That's my thinking of it. You know. What do you think? You have a thought on do you have a thought on this too? We open it up to everyone. And it's not just me and my thoughts. Because I'm just a little insignificant, insignificant spirit soul. Just trying to learn and share. Yes? You'd heard that like when we chant, uh uh-huh. So when you're chanting, uh, it should come naturally. We shouldn't force ourselves. Mm -hmm. Focusing on the mantra so it can come naturally. Yes. Yes. experiences. So like the hallucination is like more of um, something forced or it's like something unnatural? Okay. Yeah, because I was going, I was, uh, I was also trying to understand the hallucination. I'm sure we've had some in our lifetimes, but like you, it's like it's something that's it's not natural, it's not genuine, uh, and the spiritual realization, it's real. It's from spirit to spirit. So he was relating 
Chandi, Chandi, Chandi. And what is that city? there.
he would jump out of his basket where he couldn't even walk and he was dancing there. And in that area, the Muslims who were planting eggplant and all this other stuff, vegetables and things, and only those who plants were coming up. I never heard that quote before. I never heard that before. So now what, what was your what was your uh, response? You already did. It's too late. I'm going to reel you in because I, we are out there. I'm trying to remember the point you had. So the point about the hallucination. Yes. Okay, so the Bible Jesus and Bridgotham, they talk about Sudapanelli Montrose. And they mm. 
rather than going through that, through the process of realization, that it's so important by this person, but also through that regulated practice. Then, upset um, enough, they give you a mantra right away. Okay, they say, okay, you're a peacock in Vrindavan, you're, you know, Malaysia, this friend, okay, you're a deer in Vrindavan, whatever. And they give you this mantra and they have you act as if you are a deer or a peacock or a friend of Malaysia. So, like I did an example, there was a disciple who was to reject the Sarasat and went to the Baptist in Vrindavan, and they told me to be peacock. And the spiritual world, they gave me a sit up and all the mantra. So, he's chanting this mantra, you know. In basically, in Sanskrit, it's something like, I'm not around the peacock, I'm not around the peacock, I'm not around the peacock, something like that. Yeah? And so the devotees of the Radhadamara party, who he was part of, went to Radhadamara and they found him up in a tree, making the sound of the peacock. Basically, hallucinating. But he thought it was so far even more vulnerable than the program. And then a year later, they were on Marianam in New York City, and suddenly, one of the about 250 devotees on Marianam, the manhole of a street in New York, slid open, and this so-called peacock climbed out of the manhole and was living in the sewers in New York. And they actually went on. Okay, so, okay. Tell me what is the spiritual hallucination? What is what is the difference? What is that what you just explained? It's not real. Good, very good point. Good point. So now, does it happen automatically, or does it happen over time? sharing that. See, see, 
you're going on the bodily identification. You assume she does. Yeah, he's, he's doing it. But thank you so much, Nero Tom, for sharing that. Interesting. Now, okay, okay, okay. Now, to make all that concise, the difference between uh, spiritual hallucination and spiritual realization, what would you say to make it concise? If it's a spiritual hallucination, then they will continue in uh, behaving in becoming more and more perverted and sinful in their activities, as opposed to uh, trying to become more pure uh, in their activities. Caring in the mode of goodness. Good. Got it. Thank you, Naritam. Anyone else have any comments? Oh, you well, you walked into this one, Naritam. But do you need the mic? Because I hear you. No, you don't need the mic, but she may... Individual is different. Totally different. Okay, this is a good point. That's a good question. 
It's a challenge. It's a challenge. So I need to move myself right now. <laughs> now. <laughs> it is a challenge for everyone. We're not perfect. I'm not perfect. I still have things so much to learn. When we say we are devotee, you're not. You know, we're always going toward. That's our aim. And anyone that gets puffed up and says, I'm a devotee, you need to watch that individual. You know, the, the, the ego has gotten out of control, but... It's a work in progress. You will have the moments where you are definitely having some spiritual realizations, and you slip a little bit, which is why if you're serious, you need to have a, a, a routine practice of uh, a system of chanting. Be around devotees, the, the right devotees. Yes, they're, not every system is perfect, but... There are individuals in the system that are really good for you. Um, and to find them, if you're having difficulty, anyone ever having difficulty, you always ask the Lord. Even chanting, you can still pray and have your personal conversations with the Lord, and he does answer. But just because you'll slip does not mean that you're not progressing. It just means you're, you're in this material body, and you're going to have those moments, but you never, ever Ever, ever, ever give up. Ever. This has been a mind-expanding experience this morning. Thank you. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Gaur Pramananda. Very in-depth conversation. Those don't happen that often. Good. <laughs> Ah, thank you all for being here. Thank you.